This is a CBC podcast. So it's a weekday afternoon in Montreal, and my cameraman colleague Charles Contin and I are driving along Diberville Street, and we come to a red light. Three green lights, right? Mm-hmm. But this one, we're going to go through it. Puis là, c'est déjà, tu sais, c'est pas tourné, mais déjà la prochaine, ça, ça vira rouge. It turns green, we go, but by the time we get to the next light, it turns red. If you've ever driven in the city, maybe that's something that you've noticed too. Sometimes it feels like you sail along with nothing but green lights synced up in front of you, and other times, no such luck. It's a situation that's got Montrealer Martin Rockhead wondering, why? Uh, well, when I do drive on major arteries like René Lévesque, uh, Sherbrooke, um, St. Catherine Street, you end up stopping and having to stop continuously if the traffic flows at the 30, 40, 50 kilometer speed limit that is required, we should be able to go a certain distance before having to stop. So why isn't it working? Hi, I'm Ainsley McClellan, journalist at CBC. This is Good Question Montreal, the podcast where you ask the questions about your city and we try to find out the answers. This episode is about a part of life here that's as Montreal as bagels and baguettes, orange cones and orange julep. I'm talking about traffic, and specifically traffic lights. And I'm hoping that if we can find out more about how they work, we'll have a better understanding of something that seems so simple, but actually has a big impact on how so many of us get around the city each day. But before we get ahead of ourselves, let me introduce you properly to Marty. My name is Martin Rockhead. I live in downtown Montreal, uh, born and raised in Montreal, and love my city. Just have a few questions about what's going on and why things aren't always working as well as they could be. My first impression of Marty is that he's a pretty chill guy. He tries to let a lot of things roll off his back, except... Do you like driving? No, I don't like driving. (laughs) I hate driving. Which is funny because he drives for work, so he does spend a lot of time on the roads. He drives a bit on the weekends to do errands. Otherwise, though, he prefers public transit. But when he is behind the wheel, one thing he often finds himself thinking about are the traffic lights. You said that this is something that you had heard about a while ago. Like, So when did you kind of first start thinking about this? Well, I remember Mayor Coderre speaking about this, and that was in the... Uh, early 2000s. I remember driving and hearing him saying that, oh, we're working on uh, increasing the, uh, the, the flow of traffic in Montreal. And that was a good 15 years ago, I think. So what's happening? I think if this was working, if this was something that was being worked on, it could be a, a good thing for the city to let people know at least this is being taken care of. So I guess we'll have to go find out. Let's find out, yes. <laughs> to find an answer to this, I had to go straight to the top. In our magnificent sculpture called Dantrette. I don't think I've been up here yet. And by that I mean to the top of one of those tree-like staircase sculptures at the corner of Robert Bourassa Boulevard and Notre Dame West near downtown Montreal. So you can see the lights in either direction. Well, If you haven't checked out the view from up there, it's pretty cool. And for the purposes of this podcast, it gives you a clear look at the traffic lights on Robert Bourassa. 
it's in the middle of the afternoon, so we're giving the priority to people leaving downtown Montreal. That's Philippe Sabourin, the spokesperson for the city of Montreal. He picked this spot so that he could show us how the city tries to coordinate lights to help the traffic flow. You see, we cleared this intersection. Two intersections has been cleared. Actually, we already made a great step forward in the last 15 years. Uh, now we're um, one of the model city using those uh, intelligent equipment, uh, such as San Diego, Toronto, or New York. Uh, so we have all the tools required to manage our traffic at this point. That equipment includes digital control boxes at each of the 2,300 intersections that have traffic lights in Montreal. The city says this work was completed a couple of years ago, though they couldn't say exactly when. We went to check out one of these digital boxes at the corner of Saint-Antoine and De La Cathédrale streets, not far from the Bell Centre. So none of this existed like before? 15 years ago, it was a mechanical one. So like a clock. You have to program the clock and then you go at the other intersection to program the clock of the other intersection, making sure that there will be a coordination. Uh, Now everything could be done in distance. Basically, it's a computer that can run preset programs designed for how the traffic usually flows at a specific intersection. The programs can take into account rush hours and where most of the traffic is headed at particular times of the day. The city can also coordinate a certain number of traffic lights together based on how much time traffic controllers calculate that a car should need to get from one intersection to the next one. People think... Um, about the coordination of the lights as a synchronization. But in fact, it's not sync at all. We don't want the green lights to turn uh, at the same time on multiple intersections. We want the green lights to turn as coming the green wave and they will change the light one after another. So that's synchronization. On the City of Montreal website, there's a series of videos explaining how this coordination works. There's a little cartoon character who looks sort of like a floating yellow ghost, and he's playing a DJ who's keeping the traffic flowing in time with the beat. Quand le rythme se brise, tout ce qu'on entend, ce sont des solos de klaxon. Until the rhythm goes out of sync, and all you hear are honking horns. Why would that happen? Why is it so tough to have every traffic light in sync? It feels like it should be a simple problem when you're just there, and it's, it's not. It's, it's a hard problem. That's Nicolas Saunier, an engineering professor at Polytechnique Montréal. And if you want to know about the theory behind traffic light coordination, he's the guy to ask. I teach courses about traffic engineering, so everything about uh, traffic control, uh, the traffic lights, how they're uh, timed. The first thing to understand about coordinating traffic lights is that for it to work perfectly, the lights have to be on the same cycle, and they have to be staggered by just the right time delay so that cars can get through the next intersection and the one after that right on time. Usually it is a fixed time, and this time... It's like typically in Montreal is around 90 seconds. Let's say it's your the start of this green, there's a, the intermediate yellow, but it turns into red. And then 90 seconds later, you get the next green. Hmm. Okay? This is a cycle. If you want this offset to be reliable, to be, all, to be always there, 
it means that at the other intersection, you also need to have exactly the same cycle because otherwise it gets little by little shifted. It's not efficient anymore because sometimes your offset is your offset by the, the exact time you need and then a little more, a little less. So basically to have coordination, you have to have the same cycle for all the intersections you want to coordinate. Okay, so it was at this point in the process of putting together this podcast that I somehow convinced myself and my producers that the best way for me to explain this was for me to play the piano badly. Okay, so this is Frère Jacques. You probably recognize it. It's a round, which means you start the same melody on the same tempo. And when it comes at the right time, it sounds nice, right? It's in harmony. You can think of that like you driving along and hitting the next light just as it turns green because the lights take the same amount of time on a cycle to turn from green to yellow to red to green. But if the cycle of lights at one intersection takes a bit longer than the other, or the time delay between the lights is too long or too short, well, it gets a bit messier. Sonia says because of this complexity, the lights are usually only optimized for one direction of traffic. So you have to make choices about who will get the best timed lights. And that's what happens in Montreal. Main arteries get more synced up lights than side streets do. People driving in the direction of rush hour traffic get priority over people going the other way. And as it turns out, not all directions are created equal. In town, in Montreal, because we have uh, highways uh, heading east-west, direction, uh, most of our street will be coordinated with north-south direction. What Philippe Sabourin means there is that the people traveling east-west already have the option to use the Met or the Ville-Marie Expressway, so the city generally focuses on coordinating lights on the north-south arteries, with a couple of exceptions. There is Notre-Dame, Sherbrooke, um, Saint-Joseph, uh, Jean-Talon would be a good example. Uh, but of course, if you're uh, on uh, Papineau, you're crossing Saint-Joseph, then the two networks cannot be synchronized together. Yeah. It's enough complex with a simple intersection. Then add multiple movement, such as priority for buses, uh, priority for pedestrian. Um, then it begins to become more and more complex. Another issue... Sometimes traffic is heavier than normal. There could be a particular disruption, like a special event, construction, or a collision. The backup of traffic is through the Anjou interchange into Montreal East at this point. Slow roll. All of that can mess with the timing of how long it takes cars to get from one intersection to the next and can make it more difficult to coordinate the lights. 50 minutes, that's 5-0 and the inbound side. In some cases, the city's traffic controllers can tweak the timing of the lights remotely. Let's say, imagine something happened. We have to clear the uh, downtown Montreal in the morning. In distance, we will be able to switch the programmation in order to empty the downtown. And so is it like, is it a human who is watching the situation and making that decision? Or is the program designed to sense it? Could be a different option. Um, would It would be uh, human if we uh, notice something unusual on our network. 
uh, in the surveillance center. Uh, but sometimes it's also some detectors. It could be thermal sensor or cameras. Let's say uh, we want to give a priority to a uh, bicycle. So we will use a, a thermal sensor to see if there's cyclists waiting for the light. A and the sensor will determine uh, the appropriate phase for the, the, the intersection. Not all of the intersections have these traffic sensors. There are about 950 in total and 550 traffic cameras. There are also 231 intersections that are equipped to receive signals from buses and emergency vehicles so that traffic controllers can change the lights and let them through more quickly. But what if there are longer-lasting problems, like a major construction site that's causing more complex traffic delays? In that case, Sabourin says the city will test out a new coordination program in a computer lab and then install it at each intersection with a USB key. But they don't go through that process unless there's going to be a long-term issue. So when there's short-term construction, you might find the lights are not so in sync. So hopefully you're still with me here. <laughs> it's a lot to absorb, uh, but essentially the official answer is Montreal does coordinate certain local networks of traffic lights to try to give drivers a few green lights in a row. And it can monitor traffic with cameras and sensors to try to optimize the lights at certain intersections to make sure that buses, bikes, and long lines of cars can get through more quickly. The problem is, though, it's hard to do all of those things at the same time. Let's go back to Nicolas Saunier at Polytechnique. If you try to coordinate, you can't optimize uh, easily individual intersections. If you optimize more uh, some intersections, then you're uh, messing with your coordination and you lose the coordination. There are pedestrian lights, advanced turning lanes, things like that. Yes, so each of, those, each of those things might affect how much time you want to give each phase of certainly, the sequence? Certainly, will, it will constrain. Uh, that it's certainly the case that... Now, more than maybe a couple of decades ago, we have more constraints because we want to promote or give equal or more uh, space and time to other modes. And that also leaves less time to, to just prioritizing the car traffic. So if you have to choose between keeping the lights coordinated to keep rush hour traffic flowing on that green wave or optimizing each individual intersection for all road users, which should you choose? It's really hard. I mean, <laughs> it's, the, the, it's the, the, the boundary where it goes from, you know, like what engineers and scientists can say and then what the politicians, what the population, you know, wants. There are systems uh, that are made for kind of network-wide optimization. And then implicitly, they will try also to coordinate because they will try to minimize some metric-like delay. And, of course, if you stop at every light, your delay will be higher. So that's... Also part of the answer, there's all those artificial intelligence systems that may help, um, but they're usually also expensive. And expensive, especially again, because as soon as you want to do something that adapts to conditions in real time, you need to put the sensors. So I think the city has the tools, has some of the tools, at least they have the traffic management, 
but they don't actually have enough sensors everywhere to be able to really, really optimize. I checked back with the city of Montreal to see if they're planning on adding more traffic sensors, like Sonia mentioned. I got an email back from a spokesperson who said that improving the traffic control network is an ongoing project because technology is evolving all the time. The city spends between 15 and $20 million on maintenance and upgrades of traffic lights each year. The email didn't mention sensors, but the city is looking to put in more dedicated lights for buses, pedestrians, and cyclists. And the city says the goal is to, quote, contribute to changes in behavior and modes of transport, thereby reducing the impact on the environment. And this is a key point that Nicolas Saunier raised. In the future, our streets and the types of traffic on them could look a lot different than they do now. In some cities in, in, in the Netherlands, for example, there are very complex intersections where they choose to even remove the traffic lights. Uh, and you have this kind of uh, free-flowing uh, people, you know, pay attention. There's a tramway in the middle. I mean, I show that to my students. And you can't go from where we are to something like that in one day because it would be chaos and people don't, would not know how to behave. But as we move to something which is prioritizes for example, cycling and, 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 and uh, or buses, the complexity of the traffic lights may not be as necessary uh, because you're not trying just to optimize for the cars and those other modes, they don't necessarily need the traffic lights. There's still gonna be, of course, trucks and, and, and vehicles for the foreseeable future. Um, as we get more intelligent vehicles, it would be easier again to optimize instead of having to install sensors. As I was de- describing, you can talk to the cars and you, it would be easier to know how many cars are even coming from further than I can see and to kind of uh, better adapt to the traffic. Um, that would be kind of the ideal. For now, it's uh, you know, I, I certainly think we could have more data. That, that's certainly to, to be able to get a sense of where are the delays the largest. And then you know, we can start to think, well, what are the solutions for these places? So that's where we're at. The short answer is Montreal is coordinating its traffic lights to a certain extent. It finished the work that it started more than a decade ago to install digital controller boxes. But the long answer is it's complicated and drivers might not always see the benefits of that coordination when they're on the road. I called back Marty, the guy who asked the question that set this podcast in motion. Hello. Hey, Marty, it's Ainsley. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine, Ainsley. You hear me well? Good. Yes, I I can hear you too. Yeah. And I asked him what he thinks of what we found out. Well, it's it's really making me realize that there are a, a lot more variables than I possibly took into consideration. Also, uh, the information about uh, the priority for the north-south streets versus east-west is uh, super interesting. I think it would be really cool because I don't think I'm the only person wondering this, uh, if this kind of general information was disseminated to the public so we would we would all know um i think that would just uh maybe uh satisfy a lot of uh, a lot of citizens just knowing this uh, thank you for for giving us the question it was an interesting one to look into even if the answer is <laughs> is complicated yeah no i'm 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 really appreciate all your hard work here and thank you so much for for getting back to me and letting me know uh exactly what took place and what's going on take care thank you thank you you too take care Ainsley.
Thanks again to Martin Rockhead for sending in this good question. We'd love to answer your questions about life in Montreal, and we're talking greater Montreal area here. So don't be shy, Laval, West Island, Longueuil, Vaudreuil, Mascouche. You can send us a question by filling out our form. Check out cbc.ca slash goodquestionmontreal. Good Question Montreal is produced by Sarah Dubray with story editing help and sound design by Craig Dessen. I'm Ainsley McClellan. Thanks for asking. Talk to you next week. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.